right, hi, good morning. Um, wherever you're watching this, it could be a good morning, could also be a good afternoon, or even good evening. Uh, I'm Tic Tac Tomar, uh, taking over uh, for Andrew Ber Berkshire for Game Over International. Um, and I think it's actually pretty interesting to see how many things that we saw um, overnight, or at least uh, you know between dates as we were uh, going to day three of uh, the STBN coverage of the Olympics. I think the the big thing that kind of stands out is for speed skating, we have Isabel Weideman winning Canada's first medal, uh, winning bronze in speed skating, while finishing with a time of 3 minutes 58.64 seconds. Uh, personally, speed skating is something that's always cool to me just because, again, based off of like the skating technique and the way that things can go. Also, want to give a special shout out to Shouten of the Netherlands, who you know won won gold in that event. So that was awesome. Uh, we also saw from men's ski jump, Normal Hill. We have Mackenzie Boyd Close and Matthew Sokup, who both qualified for the medal round. Uh, Mackenzie Boyd Close uh, finishing with 94.5 meters on the jump, uh, finishing in the top in the top 20, and then Matthew Sokup at 75 meters. Uh, so yeah, again, so they'll be qualifying for the for the medal for the medal round so there'll be another opportunity for canada uh to get the medal there perhaps the 201st again as uh isabel weideman uh, got a canada's 200th uh medal medal of the olympics uh we have the women's cross-country skiing took place there are four canadians that participated uh sandrine brown uh finished the highest and in the top 20 um but you know there's another special shout out uh, to therese johog of nor of uh, norway who actually captured the gold there and i want to say it was her first gold she's won gold at world championships but uh, as far as gold medals go this was her first um at the olympics for cross-country skiing so that was awesome for her to see there um on the I guess more excite exciting hype aspects of it uh canada versus sweden in a uh, mixed doubles curling took place uh canada lost the game six to two to sweden it was a tough start they were down four one at the fourth's end um then sweden ended up um you know finishing things off and then uh, getting the win at the end so now that leaves uh team canada tied at fourth with the u.s and when it comes to the qualification aspect or going into the you know the semifinals, it's only the top four teams uh, that make it. And the next the next uh, game that Canada has is against the U.S., who they are tied against, uh, tied with in the standing. So I think that'll actually um, work out to be a pretty interesting and very intense game. Uh, mixed curling overall has actually seen has actually seen to be a lot more intense. Uh, you know, because you're going from a full team to just two people, so. You know, a lot of communication is key. And I think the the fact that we actually get to hear the hear the teammates, um, you know, mic'd up and hear their conversations is something that you know for a lot of sports viewers we're not really used to. So that's uh, that's actually pretty sick to see. But yeah, that's going to be a pretty interesting interesting um, development to, uh, development to see again as Canada um, they go off on their on their on their path on their journey again to make it to the semifinals against uh, their game against the U.S. Uh, that is coming up. Um, but the big, the big um, thing that thing that took place as far as uh, events go is was uh, Canada, the you know, women's hockey team having their second their second uh, game, uh, playing uh, against Team Finland, winning eleven to one. It's funny when Steve introduced uh, introduced me to um, you know as as a co-host of uh, Game Over International. He said, "Hey, what would what would uh, Omar bring up first, Michael Bunting or uh, Dragon Ball Z? And uh, I'm going to prove him right because that game, uh, Canada against Finland, was like if Krillin walked up to Frieza and said, hey, Frieza, I'm going to be the hero today. 
uh, because it was just a complete domination from uh, from the women's team on, on all ends on multiple fronts. Um, and to talk about that further and to break it down further, I'm going to bring in my guest, uh, Nick Barden. Hey, Nick. How's, How's it going? going? How are you? How are you this morning? Uh, a little bit. A little bit tired. I'm not used to waking up this early, but um, I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it definitely is. Uh, it is tough when it comes to these like time differences when events. But I think when you have a game like what happened last night, it's definitely a game that that's worth staying up for, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Um, it was uh, the first thing I, I did want to say was just it, it was crazy how the Canadian women just. It seemed like they kept coming in waves. Like I know we talk about it a lot in, with like NHL hockey, but this team did not stop on Finland. And I thought Finland was going to be a team that maybe would give Canada a little run for their money, just because they have in the past. But without, I mean, their star goaltender, that was pretty tough. And Canada just kept coming and coming and coming, and they didn't stop. Yeah, I think yeah. To that point, you did hear that um, that narrative a lot when it came to the game. You know that even though historically Canada has done very well against um, against Finland, I think I read a stat that out of uh, the eighty five games that Canada and, and Finland have played against, Canada's won eighty two of them. <laughs> only lost two, and one of them was a tie. But even still, when they played those games, they're still they're very you know competitive, competitive, and there is a battle. There's you know battles throughout, but just. From from top to bottom, it was just like a, a, a dismantled. Like at for a, a large a large portion of the game, it looked like you know Finland had no answer for Canada. And it's interesting that you bring up um, that you bring up the goaltending um, because you know if it's not for you know Finland's goaltender and Ryzenin, I think the game's probably a lot worse, so worse than um, worse than the score than the score kind of finished out with. Yeah, I mean, she really like kept that team in it and like if it, it, it would have been like I I enjoy when teams like Canada show how good they are but like when it gets to like 10, 11, 12 and then you start getting higher in the score it's just like as much as it is cool to see you start to feel bad for the other team just because they're getting hammered so much and it's a good thing that Finland had a solid goaltender that just kept kept the score at bay. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about standouts, because um, obviously you know you know there are there are the stars of the team, and I think the the big thing that that uh, or the big conversation around uh, the this women's team is the depth. And it wasn't just, you know, one player that was getting it done. It was several players getting it done. And it was actually interesting that um, on the day one coverage um, of Game Over International, uh, Andrew Berkshire and Josh Book talked about um, Jamie Lee Rattray, who has kind of been growing as a as a force on the team. Uh, but the overall dialogue has been, you know, why can't you get enough ice time? Um, you know, even in situations like the Switzerland game, um, you know, where it's a complete blowout, you have also have an injury in the lineup, uh, you know, but she's still playing under under 10 minutes. Um, and then this game, it seems like she got an opportunity, got got a you know tap on tap on the shoulder from the uh, from the coach, and they played her on the second line. And I think right off the bat, um, like her first shift, you know, she causes you know she uh, creates a turnover at the offensive blue line, lead leads to um. Leads to a dangerous scoring chance. Ended up getting any ended up getting a goal goal on her own, and you can just see how 
how hyped and how energetic she is. And honestly, I think it's I think she really did set the tone for the game because the her playing style and the way that she kind of contributed all over the ice was just something that we saw a lot from Canada. Just just this overwhelming onslaught of of, of offense of of continuous pressure to the point where there were barely there were barely any moments, especially in the first period, where Finland um was able to establish any 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 pressure. You know, the forecheck was strong. Uh, the the pressure was strong. Anytime they tried to, you know, to get to get out of the zone, there is a Canadian player player on top of them, and kind of getting getting in their way. Um, so you know, Jamie Lee Rattray is a is a player that I'm definitely keeping my eye on. But you know, who were some standouts for you, Nick? I I did want to say first, I believe Brian Mudrick said it after the first intermission that Finland only had 41 seconds of possession time in the first period, which. Like I, I I saw how good Canada was. I didn't think like they they limited Finland that much. But that's crazy. Uh, for me though, one player that stands out uh, it, it's it's got to be Natalie Spooner. I mean, like there there was Sarah Fillier, uh, Sarah Nurse. Like those two really turned it on in that game. But I don't know Natalie Spooner nine points in the first two games. Like it's she's sort of doing it really quietly which is another crazy thing because i I don't know how you can do nine points in two games and sort of go under the radar with it but just just the way she's been playing and just her being able to contribute on a level that i i don't think i've ever seen before is really good to see and it's really exciting to see and just going forward just just to see what canadians can start going up and up and up in points because that's really interesting and Sarah Fillier is one of those players who I, I guess is another player who had caught my eye and I just would love to see how how dominant she can be at this level. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's interesting to see how the, the conversation around you know Natalie Spooner to your point and also Marie-Philippe Poulin who have been leaders in kind of in their own way like Natalie Spooner, you know, has been a, you know a good a good uh, puck distributor, and you know the, the the assists speak speak for themselves. You know the fact that you know she's she's able to to get all of these points, but I think it's also the little things that she's doing that that are contributing positively to the team. And when you th- when you see Marie Philippe Poulin, who I think a lot of people are waiting for, like the for like the the big goal or the big moment, but it's 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 a very clean assassin like playing style where she's doing a lot of those a lot of those good things like there are there are a number of like passes that came out of nowhere that led to like point blank scoring chances that again Ryzen and kind of had to had to stop um you know there is there was a pass like uh, I want to say off from the from the left side in the, in the first period that was point blank right in the blue paint uh had to stop that um so it's just it's really interesting again to see how there, there's so much depth, and and the, besides the stars, that you know a lot, a lot of them are kind of are bringing their own playing style, bringing their own, um, you know, contributing factors, and it, everything's kind of working out perfectly, wouldn't you say? Yeah, and that was one of the good things, like you said earlier, just other players getting an opportunity when they're up by so much, because that's one, that's one of the key things. Is like you don't. You don't want to push forward while you're up ten nothing or ten one, and just have your star players keep coming in waves against a team that really can't do much. And just allowing other players to get chances 
will, for one, get them into the game. And two, it, it just, it'll help them with their confidence if they're lacking it or if they can't find it. It'll allow them to get on the score sheet and allow them to feel comfortable. And then even like it in the goaltending aspect, like you would have, you would have wanted to see like one of the other two, one of the back of goalie to come in. Um, she didn't, which was unfortunate just because you'd like to see the workload um, lessened on uh, Davian because like, there's always the chance of an injury. And I, I know, I believe she's the front runner to be the goaltender for the whole Olympics. So that's one thing that I would have liked to see is just another goaltender come in for the, maybe the second or third or halfway point, just because it was, there was no chance that Finland was going to come back. So that would have been a thing, but yeah, again, it's just seeing players getting chances. It's really good to see. And then just getting an opportunity to play more than they actually would in a regular game is really cool. Yeah. Let's actually talk about Davian um, a little more because like, I thought that she had a, uh, like just like many other players on the team had a, had a quiet but great game. I think you know those those games where you have one team that's in the offensive zone the entire time, and then just you know because eventually Finland did get their chances. I think especially after especially towards the end of the first period, um, you know where they actually started to uh, establish some offensive zone pressure, and even uh, even at the beginning of the second period as well, once they got their power play, and even once they got uh, once they got their first uh, first uh, goal of the night um, with a point shot through traffic. Um, but you know, Debian, you know, came up with some some solid saves as well. You know, some you know point blank uh, glove saves, and I think the thing that that stood out the, the most to me was just the rebound control. Like, any shot that Finland got, like, there weren't any, you know, loose pucks in, in the blue paint or, you know, or pucks being, um, you know, being kind of sent, sent off to, uh, to unideal areas. Like, a long shot was taken, it was swallowed, there was a face-off, Canada won the face-off usually, got possession, went back to the offensive zone, and then just the cycle continued. So, I think even though you have, you know, uh, a team like Canada that has, like, such strong... You know, offensive capabilities. I think it's interesting to see how you know you still need goaltending. Like regardless, you know your your team is good is is good just as um your good your team is as good as its goaltending. And I think you know when you have a goaltender like Debian who um can pretty much you know have a quote unquote relaxing night. Again, <laughs> I'm not saying that she didn't face any 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 shots. Um, but still come up big. Um, and you know and you know not kind of give Finland any any life I think is actually pretty pretty significant because you know all all you need is a couple goals to go in and after the team Finland can say like hey like we can we can hang we can hang with this team like all we have to do is just wait for our chances and capitalize and we can score but um you know Dave Bien was saying no a lot and uh, low low enough uh low uh, no a lot uh that game yeah I think one it, it like you said it's 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 a difficult game when your team is up by a few and and you're not really getting shots and then an odd one comes from the point and it it goes in and then i i'm not a goaltender so i don't really know what goaltenders might think in the situation but if it were me in that net i'd probably be thinking okay uh that shouldn't have went in and now i gotta like make sure more don't and it's 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 so difficult because when you don't get that many shots on net you're not really tested and you're not really into the game and then 
I, I'm not going to say that shot that came from the point wasn't a good, sh- it wasn't a good shot, but I, I don't think she saw it. But just like the more that you're not into the game, the harder it is going to having to make those saves. And I think she did really well in covering her ground and keeping her composure for that entire game because. I believe there was a point where they did score and it was 5-1. And I was thinking as a Leafs fan, (laughs) bad, bad, bad situation. But then you sort of watch Canada and you remember, oh, yeah, they just come in waves and they don't stop until the period's over, the whistle's blown. And, like, again, credit to Debian because it's it's a hard thing to do when you're not playing – and you're not getting shots. And I, I mean, hats off to her, hats off to them, because that's it's it's a tough game. And for them to do what they did to Finland and do the game before as well, I, I just don't have any words to describe how they can score. Like I don't I think it's twenty or twenty it's over twenty goals in two games. Yeah. Yeah. Quick math. Uh yeah, yeah, literally. Um, and it's just like, and it's just like an offensive onslaught and not even at five on five. Like I actually want to talk about the penalty kill as well, because it seems like, you know, Canada has really enforced a, the, the power kill and it's just like, it's just not fair. It's like, like if like you're the team and you're thinking like, okay, cool, run the power play. We're gonna have our, we're gonna have our opportunity, you know, to, you know, to score to get some get some chances, you know, uh, you know, gain some momentum, and then you have Turnbull just like coasting down, down, uh, down the wall like all the time, getting all of these shorthanded breakaways and and chances and scoring chances um over and over again. So like, you know, if you're a team like how like what do you do against against a team like Canada that you know that has such a such an a- aggressive and dangerous penalty kill? That's a good question. I was like, I was so surprised seeing that. I was, I, I would think, okay, a penalty kill for Canada, Finland should be able to get back in the game. And then, oh, Canada just came back down, <laughs> down the rink with the puck. And I'm like, oh, all right, like this is not even fair anymore. Like when you look at it at, at this point, like you think, like who are the teams that are going to be able to compete with Canada? You have the U.S. I don't know if Sweden is in that conversation as well. Sweden's always good. Um, but I don't know. Like, I just, like, if, if they're beating Finland, a team that, uh, like we talked about earlier, was one that maybe could stay there with them a little bit, and Canada's out here beating them 11-1, like, it, it's, it's going to be difficult for other teams. And it's just... And another part on that as well is just like it's going to be difficult for Canada, especially when they face a team like the U.S. And maybe the U.S. might be in the same situation where they haven't really faced a tough battle and it's going to be really difficult for them to find ways to maybe find it in themselves to get through a game. But, I mean, it's it's Canada. I mean, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't have any hesitation to believe that they're not battle tested because they all are. So it's again, like it's just crazy. I think it's 23 to two. They've outscored their opponents, which is in two games. I don't, I don't, (laughs) it's nuts. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's talk. Okay. Let's talk about the queen. Let's talk about Sarah nurse comes, comes back from injury and just rifles. 
just rifle shots that that are so quick that they make you laugh out loud. Like I like I'm watching the game, I'm sitting, and then it's just it, it happens so fast. It's like right, you know, uh, you know, a steal again as Finland is, is trying to trying to leave their zone, and the puck is off is off her stick immediately. And so it's just I I think just seeing the skill and again seeing the vers- versatility of a player like Sarah Nurse who literally can can do it all you know whether it's you know whether it's a it's a quick a quick shot whether you know it, it's you know you know banging away at you know second and third opportunities in front of the net you know how does a player like Sarah Nurse like you know make the team better not only just for you know over the round robin but even you know once you kind of get into an expected gold medal game against a team like the U.S. like the U.S. Yeah, I mean, it, It for one, it shows the depth in a team. Like, I I didn't know, for one, I didn't know she had that shot in her. Like, that was, like you said, it was a rifle. Like, both of them. Like, I was very surprised to see it. But, I mean, just when you, when you look at the depth of this team and you look at, like, she's, I think she's on, is she on the second or third line? I think she's on the yeah, third so line. I think I saw, well, I think I saw her on the second line left wing. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, you just think about it, and you think, like, she had a bunch of goals. A few other players had a bunch of goals, and it's just, like, when you look at the depth of the team, there's just, it doesn't stop. And it, it'll be so good for them going forward just because they won't have to rely on maybe a top line again. They'll have that second line with Sarah Nurse there, but there's other lines as well. But to Nurse's point, for Nurse, sorry, it's just, uh, like you said, the two-way player, she's tough to play against. It's it's one of those things when you're up against the USA team that when you put a player like Nurse out, like you, you're going to see how good she really is because of the amount of minutes she's logging, the amount of defensive work she does the amount of contributing on the offensive end that she'll be able to do you just look at it and you just you just can't help but just applaud how much depth they have Mm -hmm. all right so you mentioned defense i do want to talk about the defense as well because just like the forward court the defense is just as overwhelming because you have you know defensemen you have the defense players like um Laroque, Ambrose, Faust who jump into the play as often as they can and and you know it's interesting I guess to see how you know you give your you give the team you give the force kind of like a fourth option to to really uh, work around you know you see Faust having a contributing um uh, having a contributing um fact factor on the goal you have Ambrose who has a perfect cross ice feed it's an easy tap in uh, that goes in. So how, how, or what effect can you know having a team that has you know has a lot of defensemen who are willing to to, to skate with the with the puck, walk walk the blue line, and even you know joining the rush? Like what kind of impact does that have on a team? That's gonna be huge, especially when like you get into the later stages. You're gonna have you're gonna have forwards that will want to take chances and they will take the chances but then you'll have that sort of second layer of it's essentially like a fourth and fifth forward at some points and it's when you start getting into that it's like that's when the waves start that's when like you think of the first pairing they're good 
but the second pairing is just as good and the third pairing is just as good and they and they just the way that they can creep up the ice with the puck and just it, even not creep up the ice just bring it up on on themselves like they'll they did it a bunch of times last night and you just you watch it and you just can't help but just i, I don't want to say excited because well, I can because I'm from Canada, so it, it works. But like, yeah. <laughs> you just you just you just get it. Like, you get so excited when when there's so many players, especially defense, that can bring the puck up and aren't afraid to do it. Like, the confidence that they have to do that, especially at the Olympics, the world stage, it's a really good to see. And just again, like I said, going into like future rounds and future games, it's going to help them a lot. Mm-hmm. All right, so it'll be interesting, definitely, to see you know how how Canada kind of continues this dominance um, that they've displayed so far. Their next game is February seventh against uh, the Royal Committee. Uh, Royal. Oh, I always forget. I always forget what the what the ROC stands for. Uh, is it the? The Royal uh, Russian. Oh my gosh! Not Royal. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> the Russian. The Russian Olympic Committee. Um. So that that also that game will all be on February seventh, and we'll see. Um. You know how how or whether uh, Canada can continue continue their dominance. Um. So one final thing to talk about before we wrap up. Um. Is another another event. Um. Where we saw a Canadian uh, qualify uh, to the next round in uh, women's snowboard slope style. Uh, we had three Canadians in, um, Lori Bluen, uh, J- Jasmine Bard, and uh, Brooke Void. Um, and of the three, um, Lori, uh, Lori Bluen was uh, the one to qualify and move on to, uh, to the medal round. Um, Juan Silver in Pyeongchang, so she does have a lot of experience in this, um, in this event, uh, and did also get gold at the 2021 World Championships um, in Big Air. Uh, so the first run, first run um, was actually pretty solid, and I think... Of of the three uh, Canadian snowboarders, uh, she was the only one not to fall, I believe, um, which is interesting because at the be- at the beginning of the of the event, um, you know the the commentators actually brought up a lot how the elements are kind of getting in the way. They mentioned that it was minus twenty five degrees Celsius, which, wow. <laughs> um, um, uh, also that you know that this that the snows um a little harder as well. So it was it was actually interesting to see how. You know, a lot of the elements actually came to play and um and kind of came came to be in effect. But um, yeah, Lori Lori Bluen, she ended up uh, qualifying. I want to say she was uh she qualified as the seventh as the seventh uh, contestant. So she'll be um in the medal in the medal round for the slope style the next day, um or at least later today. I, um rather, uh Jasmine Bard and Brooke Voigt both did not make it. However, Jasmine Bard will be in the big air in the women's big air, so there'll be an opportunity there. Um, Nick, what are your thoughts on snowboarding? Uh, you think about the slope style one, or yeah, slope style. And for me, as a snow, I've snowboarded before, and when I think of slope style, I think okay, nice and uh, not nice and easy because it's not nice and easy. But you, you just you look at it and you think okay, it's more relaxed. I I think you look at big air, and they're hitting jumps and they spin and they spin and they spin and they spin and they, spin and they don't <laughs> stop spinning until they hit the ground. And that really scares me. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it just, like, just watching it, it gives me anxiety. Like, you look at a guy like Mark McMorris, and you look at the injury that he had a few years ago, and, like, 
he almost died. Like you think about it and you think of how cool it is to see these athletes do these amazing tricks and you think, okay, that would be really cool to try someday. But then you sit there and also think if I hit that jump and I keep spinning, I'm not going to stop spinning and it's not going to be good. Um, but uh, I mean, for athletes, it's, it's, it's really cool to see, especially in snowboarding, especially in slope style where they, they have that room to do tricks and where they have that room, especially in the big air to, to hit, hit jumps that are like 20 feet tall and, and they 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 do it like it's nothing and they 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 land them and it's really cool to see and i'm really looking forward to seeing if mark mcmorris can can really bring home a medal this year and he's got two bronzes i i'd really love him to see again see him get a gold mm-hmm. yeah i think that the injury aspect of it is is pretty interesting as well and i think um you know the fact that you know as as um these women are, are walking up to you know to do their runs that you just hear like some of the backstory and hear like some of these some of the injuries and uh, some of the things they've had to overcome to get to get to this point. Um, like one person that actually stood out was a uh, Niemele of Finland uh, who was coming off heel surgery, um, and uh, and, uh, and and did a, did a did a pair pair of runs. So I think it definitely is interesting to see you know a lot of these athletes kind of put their bodies on the line to you know to kind of to reach their dreams and to get get to where they want to be. Um, but yeah, but as far as snowboarding goes, yeah, well you know. Big ups to to Lori Lori Blunt. We'll be watching and yes. um, and cheering and supporting and supporting her. I think her runs in particular were a lot more unique um, than some of the other contestants. You know, uh, especially when it came when it came off the first rails and such, uh, making use of the gaps and you know uh, making use of the house of the house as well, opposed to just you know kind of taking it down the quote unquote usual route that some of the other other contestants were were going down. But yeah, when it comes to the middle to the medal round, she'll be uh, the middle 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 of the pack. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, uh, if she can bring bring home um, another another um, medal and continue, um, you know, Canada's quest uh, for more medals. Um, so, crossed. yeah. All right. So I think that I think that um, that kind of wrap, wrap things up. So uh, thank you, uh, everyone, for for joining. For those who are here again, whether you woke up. Uh, for 6 a.m. like myself and Nick, uh, whether you're already up watching watching Olympic Games in the, the entire night or uh, wherever you are around the world, uh, thank you for watching. Thank you for thank you for tuning in, and uh, we'll be back tomorrow for uh, another another episode or another edition of Game Game Over International.